Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Just a massive thank you to whatever you are listening to this podcast. Just a quick reminder before we start, we do this podcast three times a week, but we're not always sure which days it's going to go out on. So the only way to keep your finger on the pulse and listen is to subscribe. Get those notifications. Why not drop us a review while you're at it? Right, enough of that. Let's talk rugby. I'm Ben James, and unfortunately there's only one place to start today. Wales' World Cup dreams are at an end. They've crashed out of the World Cup at the semi-final stage. A heartbreaking 1916 defeat to the Springboks in Yokohama. It wasn't quite to be. Andre Pollard's late penalty, the decisive moment in the game. So that's Warren Gatlin's dream of a World Cup over, but we will be hearing from him very shortly. And then after that, we'll be speaking to Simon Thomas and Andy Howell to look back on the game and maybe even answer a few listener questions. That's all to come on the podcast, but first and foremost, here's Warren Gatland and Alan Wynne Jones' thoughts on the defeat. Yeah, it was. Uh uh, a tough encounter. We knew it was going to be an arm wrestle, and we stayed in that arm wrestle and um, got back into it. I thought it was a, a little bit of a momentum shift in the last four or five minutes, and we started to get going. But you know, unfortunately, we've uh, been penalised and then conceded, and uh, the game's gone away for us. So, but uh, I'm not taking anything away from South Africa. I thought they played really well tonight. I thought they were strong and physical. The scrum was good. They drove, drove, drove drove pretty well and the, and the collision stuff was was um, was good so you know they went there to take us on up front there wasn't a lot of uh, flowing rugby played uh, we tried to move the ball a little bit particularly in that first half and then uh, once we were in that arm wrestle um, you know it was, a, it was about uh, some attrition but I'm you know very proud of the boys in terms of uh, never giving up and, and staying in there and uh, um, you know with a little bit of luck and a bounce of the ball maybe things uh, might have been a bit different. So, Alan Wynn, sort of um, same reaction, what's your initial reaction to that after the... Um, it's funny, the, the, the tighter games uh, you play are usually attritional, like Gat says, and um, not until those uh, four or five minutes towards the end did you feel out of it or we were chasing it, we felt composed, we felt in it. Um, you know, we were proud to see the riposte on, on both occasions to come from behind um, you know, and credit to the boys we um, went for the scrum on the line out and got just rewards you know, to come back into the game um, and stay there was very pleasing um, and like I said probably those first opportunities we had the um, possession we would have liked to have done more but like I say when you know, semi-final it does become a game of chess uh, particularly set piece time and that's what we found and we were just a few percent short today Warren, when the bench came on, especially Thomas Williams, it looked like you were quite threatening. Could you have maybe done anything differently, maybe done that earlier? I know it's easier said than done. But. Um, well, we brought him on after 45, 46 minutes. So, you know, we did speak about that before half-time because it was it was pretty slow ball. It was, um, uh, like I said, we, we needed to speed things up a little bit in terms of the ball, but that was the way that the game was being played and, um, you know, South Africa made it... Uh, Difficult for us because they were going to the air, you know, on so many occasions, and we kind of um, end up having to replicate that a little bit. So, um, yeah, I thought uh, um, 
I think it was a, some of the guys coming off the bench was was a good experience for them in terms of what they would have learnt um, from tonight and, and for us as and for players and for Wales going forward. You know, there's some big moments. There's um, three or four penalties that are that are key in our own half, and uh, and that's the difference between winning those cl- close games, those tight games, and and not and, and not winning them as well. So. Uh, look, we were very disappointed, but I'm incredibly proud of what we've achieved in this World Cup and what this group of players have done. And um, I think we can hold our heads high and, and, and leave um, Japan um, with a lot of respect. But we've got another game still when we, uh, to play the All Blacks. Um, the dream was to, uh, for my first game in charge of Wales, was to um, was against England, and the dream was to. It'd be at my last game, so it's it's not to be. But uh, look, there's a great group of uh, players that we've been involved with, and, and coaches, and uh, we need to recover well over the next couple of days and and start preparing for um, for the All Blacks. And we've got to enjoy. We're really disappointed about tonight and uh, and not being in the final. But we've got to be proud of ourselves, and we've got to enjoy. Um, as Robin McBride said in the changing afterwards, the five months that we've had together, the hard work that we've done, and and what uh, this group of players and coaches have achieved, and um, uh, next Friday will be our last um, you know time together. So we've got to make sure that we enjoy this week. Warren, in your opinion, do you think South Africa can go all the way? Uh, yeah, have they got the physicality to to? Uh, um, to, to match England, you know, though England, I thought England were outstanding last night. So, yeah, they've, they've got a very good chance. Uh, they might need to be a bit more expensive in terms of um, the way they want to play because they had a very um, pretty simple game plan tonight and using Delande in terms of from the scrums and um, and a lot of uh, box kicking from De, De Klerk and from um, Pollard as well. But it was, it was very effective and. You know, I think the, for them it was about making the final and doing what it, whatever that they could to, to make the final. So we've seen in the previous World Cup sometimes uh, teams play their final and semi-finals and then don't always uh, turn up for a final. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what uh, how England are next week. And uh, but uh, I think it should be a good game. Warren, um, you spoke about the, the box kicks and, and South Africa making it difficult for you. Do you think that you could have perhaps attacked a bit more, held on to the ball a bit more instead of also engaging in the box kicking sort of game of chess? Yeah, I, th- I think if you look at the first half, we did we did shift the ball on a few occasions. We got on the edges and we got uh, we got away, um, put George North away. We got pulled back for a forward pass. So. Uh, we were looking to tack the short side a little bit as well. There we would open them up on a couple of occasions, um, but it was about just being a bit more proactive and uh, and and trying to take advantage of, of creating some quick ball. Um, yeah, but that's a fair comment. Um, you know, I thought definitely in that first half there were chances a couple of times in the second half, and um, but you know it was that they did a good job in terms of not allowing us to to get quick ball and um, and made it. Made it difficult, but you know, that was a message, and and why we you know got Thomas Williams on there to try and see if that could potentially change that, and the changes that we made in the side too. Warren, you touched on the character, and the team have shown great character to to find different ways to win during the tournament, given the injuries and given the tight manner of some of those games. Did it just feel like a, a game too far at the end? No, no, it didn't. Not at all. I mean, it's 76 minutes on the clock. 
uh, at 16 all and you know I thought we had a bit of momentum there and um, and we're in uh, you know significantly in their half and like, it's a big turnover from from a breakdown uh, where we haven't uh, you know we haven't kept the ball and and from there they've been able to get a a penalty from a line-out drive. So I, I felt the longer that game went on and the, the more we were tied that, that we would get a chance and we'd get an opportunity. So it, it didn't feel like it was a game too far at all. It just it felt like we were in a, like I said, in a real arm wrestle. It was a, it was a tough game. And, and to be fair, those games against South Africa that we've had in the last five or six years have been, they've been all very, very similar. You know, we've been in uh, close, tight encounters that, that could have gone either way and and, um, and congratulations to South Africa. I mean, they're the ones who came out on top tonight. Alan Wynn, what are your emotions after that? How difficult was it to take and, and what was your message to the players at the end? Um, probably my, my face tells the story, I think. Um, um, hurting, obviously disappointed. Um... But we still got an opportunity, um, you know. Obviously, selection dependent as it always is, um, to make a bit of history. Um, another opportunity, like I say. Oh, we've got we've got that um, as as sticking carrot, if you like. Um, there's there's no real consolation in anything, but you know it is what it is. We move on. We make the most of the next opportunity to to put this red jersey on that means so much. Not only to the group of 31 we've got, but to the nation back home and the other support that we've had from uh, around the globe. Hi, Warren. Commiserations. Uh, you've obviously had your family out here uh, for the, well, all four uh, members of the family here together. How special has that been in this you know, part of your career coming to the end with Wales, but also how key a part will they play in terms of helping you get over the personal disappointment of tonight? Yeah. Um, oh, they'll be important for, for, for lots of reasons. Uh, um, yeah, look, we're, we're disappointed. I mean, I've been more disappointed in other games in, in, in my career where you haven't given 100% or, you know, some, the team just hasn't fronted on the day. But I can't ask any more of these players until how hard they tried. We, South Africa, congratulations to them. But, um, you know, we'll put t tonight's game uh, behind us and we'll start thinking about next Friday. But, you know, the family are important and it's been brilliant. That they've been here. As Alan Wynn said, the support we've had from Wales has been um, outstanding. We've loved our time in Japan, and the hospitality has been been incredible. So, um, you know, I think it's it's important that you're humble in terms of. You know, I thought South Africa did well tonight, and, the, and they deserve to win the game. And I need to take, as a coach, you take that on the chin, and and um, yeah, you're, you're disappointed, but it's uh, it's important that you. Uh, recognise when a, another team's played well and in a, a close game, and 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 put that behind you and start thinking thinking forward. Um, well, yeah, we we centre field after every game. We've we've bowed to the to the four stands. Um, we started it in um, Kitakushu because you know it's not often you have a training session with fifteen thousand in attendance, and um, I think when we first came over here and we had that training session, we realised. Um, the desire the Japanese people had uh, and the welcome that they'd given us. So we wanted to display our thanks and we have, as we have done in that training session and after each game. And um, particularly um, with um, the loss that came after the typhoon, uh, the fortitude 
of the Japanese people and to maintain and put on such an event is, is very special for players and the people of those nations. So, you know, it's just a, a simple way to show the gratitude and what it means to a lot of players that, you know, strive for their careers and, and dreamt about being a part of this. So it's a, a huge thank you to the Japanese people. Warren, you've had a fair few injuries over the last months, weeks, and a couple more tonight, it seems. How much do you think that affected your ability to compete right at the end today? Oh, there's no doubt we've had... You're going to uh, pick up injuries along the way. We picked up a couple tonight. Um, but no, there's no excuse about that. I mean, we just got to, that's part of the game. It's part of sport, and uh, uh, we're not using that as uh, anything. I mean... It wasn't just a squad of 23, it was a squad of 31, and we kept re-emphasising that to everybody. And, uh, um, you know, you don't like to see any player get injured, but you've got to have that trust and faith in the people that you're selected and the whole 31 that they can they can do a job for you. So uh, we'll look closely over the next couple of days in terms of um, how the players pull up for this and, um, and the game against uh, the All Blacks as well and, um, you know, whether we need to... Uh, make a few changes and, and give some players a rest because it's only a five-day turnaround, so it's a, it's a it's a pretty big challenge as, as well. So, um, and uh, you know you're playing the All Blacks and they're probably hurting uh, as, as much as we are at the, at the moment as well. So uh, it's a tough game to play that third and fourth playoff, but you've got to go out there and um, give it the respect that it deserves and go out there and um, and do the best you can to try and win it. Just further to that one, um, will you call any bills up and what will it be like for your final game to be against the All Blacks <laughs> before you leave Wales after 12 years in charge? Yeah, um, we'll, we'll just assess the players. Uh, yeah, I mean, Thomas Francis' uh, shoulder doesn't look brilliant. Um, so, we, you know, we'll look at the squad and the depth we've got in the squad and, um, and you know, who, who we might need out here. It's, it's a long way to come to to just be standing and holding bags at a, in, a, in a training session for a couple of days. So um, we'll have those discussions in the next couple of days. So, yeah, for me, look, it's um, my last game in charge of Wales against the All Blacks will be um, hugely monumental. I mean, it's, as a coach, it's the, apart from being with the Lions, you know, it's the only team I haven't been with Wales. So uh, it would be nice to be able to achieve that. And then to look with some excitement about the challenges ahead for me and going back, uh, coaching back in New Zealand with uh, with the Chiefs and um, and then back to um, the Lions uh, for, you know, 12 months or so and try and uh, have some revenge on uh, tonight's um, game against South Africa. So we weren't able to do it tonight, but uh, maybe in a couple of years with the Lions we'll be able to do that. It's a bit more of a sombre atmosphere today. Wales have just lost the semi-final to South Africa. 1916, they went down. Um, I'm Ben James. I'm joined by Simon Thomas and Andy Howell to uh, pick, pick the bones out of that defeat and uh, try to find a little bit of hope for this, uh, this Sunday. So let's, let's find some hope, please, quickly. See, the boy is really down, Andy. <laughs> we seen the way used to heartbreak over many years, covering Welsh rugby, but no, I think we're all feeling it. Um, International sport, and particularly rugby, is for small margins and there were key moments and key decisions. And 
just when it really, really counted, those went against Wales. It was a really brave effort for them. They got themselves back in the hunt. You know, a courageous decision by Alan Jones to go for a scrum, which led to the try, 16-all. I always said all week, I thought if Wales could be in the hunt, one score and it going into 10 minutes, I'd back them to win because they know how to win these tight games. And I really believed. And yeah, just they, just didn't happen in those closing stages, Andy. Yeah, but they blew it themselves, I'm afraid. Then because because Wales were on the attack at 16-0, Wales were on the attack, they went through a multitude of phases. They were just outside the South African 22. Perfect time, Reese Patchell, drop goal from just outside the 22. But Wales were battered back was nearly 20 metres and he ended up attempting to drop goal because he, he didn't have a choice really but it was from virtually 40 metres and of course it dropped uh, well short um, I'm surprised that the uh, Wales didn't try and set that up uh, initially when they had the ball just outside the 22 and gone for an early drop shot which they'd done against Australia uh, earlier in the tournament and with that moment really the game disappeared then didn't they? Although from the um, result and play Wales did have the ball and um, Alan Wynne Jones, of all people, conceded a penalty when he held onto the ball, ball on the floor. He was isolated, and Simon's mate, who he raves about, Francois Lowe, came in, typically <clears throat> scavenging. Well, we said before the game, you know, 6 2 split on the bench, the power that South Africa had to bring on there, and ultimately it did tell. I mean, Francois Lowe is one of the premier players in the world over the ball, and he came on and did what he does best at an absolute crucial moment, and it was then kind of a, sort of a ripple effect. South Africa won that penalty in attack. They were able then to kick up field, set up the line. Now, the one thing we really feared going into this game, this the South African driving mall. Wales tried to defend it, but they got the rumble on it, gathered momentum. Still a little, little bit clear, and you listening to the ref, Mike Andy, still a little bit clear exactly who offended and what the offence was? Uh, off the feet was the offence, that's what he called twice, said it was off his feet, Alan when jones questioned it, the ref said, oh, when it's clear, it's easy, as regards making the decision. Uh, he said one Wales player was off his feet, the actual guy who ended up off his feet by accident and sort of brought it down, I think he brought Mostart down, the bearded guy, was actually Rhys Carey as he spun into it. Uh, on TV they thought that it was uh, Dylan Lewis, but I'd suggest from listening to the ref it was probably by accident, um, Reese uh, Carey, of course, uh, South Africa, we knew where that was coming, didn't we? That South Africa were playing for a penalty. They piggybacked up uh, the way up that field from that uh, earlier penalty. I must say, though, I disagree with Simon's assessment about the South African surprise, substitutions surprise. because apart from that part of the, the, that, the game then and the, and the few minutes that left afterwards, Wales actually had more of the game when, our when we'd made our substitutions as well. And, uh, you know, after Wales scored that uh, try, you could see the boys re visibly li lifted and we had our best spell of the match. I think the thing I was trying to say that was that when you play against South Africa, you kind of know what's coming. You're expecting a kicking yeah. strategy and you're expecting relentless power to come at you. And that's what happened. And I think having those players off the bench and the ability to do that in those crucial, cr crucial closing stages. The thing is with them, you can know what's coming, right? But knowing what's coming and stopping it is different. You can do it one time, three times, four times, but ultimately it's going to come, keep coming at you. And that power just told you. I thought it told to a certain extent with the try, Pollard busting through in midfield, and then the power of Delande out on the left. And then the power, I mean, and then the power of that driving mall. And then right at the very end, the last moment of the game, a scrum, they win a penalty, turn the screw there. And they, and they kick the ball yeah, out and the game's over. Yeah, yeah. They're, just, they're, just, they're just brute force. Sean Edwards won't be very happy about the South Africa try, though, because the um, no. Jack and Ed went through uh, bigger on Thomas Williams. Uh, both those guys will be disappointed uh, with that. 
And, um, you know, apart from that, there was but one other instance uh, South Africa actually threatened anything. Uh, you know, they were negative. They made loads of mistakes. It was an airstream match. Generally, the standard was really low. But uh, South Africa didn't really try and play much rugby. It was and very, uh, Wales it, handled them quite well. It was very different, certainly. It was like a different sport to watching the first semi-final. <laughs> I mean, we, we kind of knew that, I mean, there's such a, you know, the jokes going around about Faf de Klerk in South Africa with the amount he kicks, you know, people bantering about it. And so they, it's not hugely popular in South Africa from what it seems to me. They find it a bit frustrated for it, but you knew it was coming and certainly it came the first eight possessions, I think they kicked away 19 kicks in the first half, 40 in total in the game, most of them through de Klerk. Now, Wales were kind of drawn into that aerial ping pong to a certain degree. They actually kicked 41 times. But the difference, if you looked at the stats, was the number of kicks were the same. Wales ran the ball and passed the ball far more. They did try and play with width. And when they went to the edge, especially on Josh Adams' side, they did stretch them a couple of yeah. times. But it is difficult when you're, you're being pummeled in the contact area, you know, to, to get any kind of ball to, to deliver. And it, it's just difficult in, in that kind of war of attrition. Ultimately, the biggest, the more powerful side often comes out on top, but it was narrow margins. Yeah, I think that's where I saw a lot of the comments and the questions uh, are coming through is on those topics. Um, Richard Harris asks, uh, should we have put it through the hands more? Also, why the pick and goes on their line when it was going nowhere? Though ultimately, yeah. that, that, that resulted in a penalty. We, we did wear them down enough to get the penalty, which we, he, bought he, the scrum. Richard is right there. We weren't really going anywhere. There was a there was a, a, a moment early in those all those phases where Thomas spun Williams around. didn't realise if he'd spun off to the left, there was there was a gap and he would have probably been, o- been over. The clerk was just on guard. No, so. he wasn't on guard. It was a guy with a beard. No, uh, the clerk yeah. was trust yeah, me, There the was a gap. Was there. there was it was all on the score, but he didn't realise, which is just one of those things because Wales were looking to go it's right. Nice to see you arguing with someone else. He's <laughs> <laughs> just so, that sort of person. <laughs> Yeah, Wales went for those phases and they weren't really getting anywhere. When they stretched them, uh, Wales showed promise. The difficulty Wales had in a match assignment is rightly, I'll stress this, rightly pointed out, was that when you, uh, you got that blanket suffocating you, it's really hard to go through phases and yeah. and, uh, and move it white. Wales had their most joy today, uh, you, you know, offset pieces, scrums. They, uh, I think in the first half when they got Adams away and they had those uh, interchange of passes, though unfortunately one was a forward, and then the, the, the try after a really incredibly brave call by uh, Alan Wynne Jones to Massive. opt for a, a scrum, that came offset phase when it's actually more uh, more um, space on the pitch. Yeah, it was very, it was Captain Courageous time, wasn't it? Because they went through, I think, 21 phases, weren't really getting anywhere, but they did draw the penalty. Um, it was right in front of the post. It was a regulation kick. It would have brought it 16 12. Everyone's expecting it. But fair play. Sometimes, if you're going to try and win big matches, you've got to be brave and bold. And, and Alan Wynne Jones certainly was. Went for the scrum. So Africa went for the shove, got a little bit of a shunt on. But Wales got it back quickly. And crucially, um, Moriarty picked it up quickly. And he was under pressure from Fafta Klogo. Reminds you of Andy, a little kind of a gnat around you, isn't he? Like, you've got to swat him off, like, you know. That's right. And he hey, did, he held off the clerk, spun, gave the pass to Thomas Williams, out to Jonathan Davis, yeah, taking game. A really nice try. Great try. I, I would say, I thought Moriarty had one of his very best games for us. Yeah, he, he was brought in because um, Josh Navidia with his hamstring engine, he really rose to it. He was the main source of lineup ball in the first half. 16 carries, made good ground, key part in that try. He can really, really it, be proud it, of himself. Oh, yeah, he had a great game. And that was such good play by Moriarty and the Welsh backs because it's so difficult to score from the left from a scrum because for the very reason you've got the opposition yeah, scrum, scrum out, the, the clerk is there. And what you normally do is go right and you bring your full back and try and create eight, nine 
15, 14 and create an extra man like that. And of course, the South African number 13 sold himself. He came rushing in, which meant their winger had to come in on Jonathan Davis. So that create, his mistake then created that uh, it wasn't man-on-man and they would put uh, Adams over on the overlap and he's now the tournament's top try scorer. In relation to that question we had a few moments ago, should Wales have been more ambitious, kept the ball in hand more? Do you think there was opportunities where they could have done that more? No. No, I think, you know, you, you know, at the end of the day, South Africa were better, a bit slightly better than Wales. As limited, as but in, better. Limited as in better. They had, they, they had more, but really their possession was better and I guess they... Um, uh, and they control a lot of the match territory until Wales had that golden patch just before the Welsh try and up to the moment when we actually lost the lead for the final time. And important to remember as well, Wales did suffer two injury blows in the yeah. first half. They lost yeah. Thomas Francis, yeah. the kind of scrum cornerstone, looked like a stinger to the shoulder. And then George North, as if he'd been shot by a sniper in the stand, you know, that classic pull holding the Armstrong, bravely carried on to try and take contact, bravely tried to carry on playing, but he wasn't able uh, to do he, so. He looked good before then. You know, he had when to he look had the good. ball, you know, he so those good. Are two, those big... are two big blows on, on the back of losing Liam Williams. But I will say, um, everyone who talked about the loss of Liam and what a blow, and he's, you know, he's a world-class player, he's had a great year. But if you've got any man to step up, you lose yeah. one line and another bring in. And it was, if any man was, was suited for that kind of challenge today with the kicking game of South Africa, it was yeah. Halfpenny. He was majestic under the high ball. Um, he actually took the ball back up quite well. And also that touchline conversion to make it 60 and all, you know, so gutsy. And I thought he had a really good game and sh- showed what Gatman said about him that, you know, defensively, positional wise, and under the high ball, there's nobody better in world rugby. Yeah, in the end, I could call the game was actually decided by Andre Pollard. He got hands up to Pollard because his goal kicking percentage had been pretty poor during the to- tournament. And today, landed them all yep. and he couldn't miss from anywhere. You know, some real pressure uh, yeah, uh, kicks, good. which he nailed, unfortunately. Okay, uh, let's get a few comments then. So, um, Heather Reese and Martin Hughes agree. They say too much kicking. We're a running team. Um, Maldwin Owen has just one word, and that's gutted. Uh, Beverly Reynolds says, whatever, win or lose. It was great sportsmanship. Uh, Nick agrees. Pride of the boys, bring on the All Blacks, and we'll get on to them in a little bit. And, um, Don't panic now. <laughs> and Sharon Davison's found a little bright note saying, on the bright side, Nigel Owens has no competition for the final now. Well, it'd be interesting because obviously it would mean him having a second World Cup final. Did Andre Watson do two Cup finals? I think, I think, I think he, he might have done, so there is precedent. Um, now, obviously, Wayne Barnes was my tip to be the World Cup final referee going into it, but that can't happen now because England are there. You'd be it doing c- a third place game, Wales and New Zealand, can't, I imagine. Yeah. It can't be a South African, so I mean, looking at the pecking order you've had, you'd imagine it'll either be Garces or Nigel Owens. Who do you think, Andrew? I wouldn't be surprised if Nigel gets it again. He's been so good, though Gas has had a good game. Yeah, he was okay to the Gas, wasn't yeah, he? I yeah. thought he communicated. You were listening, was he communicating? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah enough. Not, you know, not overdoing it. He, he communicated when he needed to. I thought he was uh, pretty good. In fact, I've been uh, the games I've listened to on the refs, Mike, and generally, as we've got the business end of the tournament, the refereeing has impressed me at the tournament as in allowing advantage for knock ons. So we haven't had many scrums in, in games yeah. as a result because they play that advantage re, uh, you know, really well. You only need a slight advantage and they just say play yeah. on, which yeah. I think is good. Yeah, that's the one person I should have mentioned. I thought it was a big, big game again. Again, someone we've talked about, Peter Steph Dutois. He is such a pain in the neck, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> his counter-wrecking and his work over the ball in the contact area, I, I think he's just a... a nuisance. A, oh, just a, <laughs> not only that, but his athleticism as well. He's a world, world-class player, and he, he will ask questions of England in the World Cup final. OK, let's 
So let's touch on the final then. Uh, it's England against South Africa, a repeat of the 2007 uh, World Cup final. I think we all remember Mark Cueto's toe being in touch that yeah. day. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of English fans right now who, who think that the white ribbons are already on the trophy, but it's it's probably not the case, is it? No, not at all. Um, you know, South Africa, I would imagine we'll play uh, better in the final because they had so much error in their game today. And what would be interesting in our final is if they are forced to play more rugby because I know they can play a lot more uh, uh, rugby, but it seemed today they just wanted to win, uh, you know, by a, a, when I say just wanted to win by a few points, that you know, that's what they thought they could do that. Um, uh, whatever, if they if they play more rugby, they will actually give England uh, more problems. But if, when you uh, study the uh, their record against England, it's really good, and they bullied England in the past. And they just you know, where's England like going old over Australia? South Africa have had an old over England. So this uh, final, you know, it is uh, England fans. They can start celebrating now, as far as I'm concerned. But I'm sticking with South Africa. South Africa. Oh. I still believe South Africa can tip them before the tournament. And if I'm going to put, if it's going to put money on the win in the final, now, I would still go for South Africa. I think they will turn it on on a big day. What interests me is like I think you're going to safety say South Africa, and I keep with this kicking strategy. It's it's ingrained in Erasmus's um, coaching tactics. You know, he looks to play it. It's very templated. How will England respond to it? Because I think they've got, you know, one of the best counter-attacking runners in the game in Anthony Watson. Uh, will they look to sort of take it on that way more than kicking and, and going into the aerial strategy? I mean, obviously, you know, as, one, as excellent as Lee Halfpenny was today, you didn't have Liam Williams there. It would have been interesting today if Liam had played, whether Wales... Because it's interesting, Gatlin had clearly seriously thought of a starting halfpenny anyway because it was strengthened to the high ball, yep. but with Liam on the wing, which would have given you the two options, wouldn't it? You know. Yep. So I'm intrigued to see how England will approach it. Um, Eddie Jones has uh, been on a coaching masterclass this, this World Cup in fairness so I'm sure he will have a very clear plan and I think England will rightly go in in favours because that was one of the most comprehensive yeah. displays of rugby I've ever seen against New yeah. Zealand yesterday yeah they will but they've got to back it up you know they were right up for that game obviously yesterday and played fantastically well were, you know, was that their final if you like like New Zealand France in 2011 New Zealand hang on in the final to win it their final was a semi against uh, yeah. Australia. Australia astonishing intensity, like yesterday. So you, you know England might not be as good next week. That's what I'm saying. Well, England got the foothold in that game yesterday because they dominated the line and they dominated the breakdown. So if you're South Africa, would you start with Francois Lowe? Absolutely. Whether or not they can start with him for political reasons, I do not know because Khaleesi is their captain. Moving on. Yep. Yeah, let's uh, let's go on to the the fourth playoff. <laughs> That's what they got to address, isn't it? Um, so yeah, it's, it's Wales <laughs> against New Zealand in the uh, third, fourth playoff. Um, we now know when Warren Gatland's last game is going to be, and it's going to be against the All Blacks. Uh, 1953 and all that would be a n lovely time to uh, to sign off with uh, a win against. Them. I, I said this week, you know, a few times that in my view, although everyone's talking about a potential Wales England final, to me, Wales New Zealand would have been the perfect way for Gatland to end. We've got it, just unfortunately, yeah, not, in it's the match we not in the match we wanted in the, in the third, fourth playoff. You know, Andy told me not to be pessimistic about it, but I mean, you, you do worry a little bit because the injuries are mounting up now. Um, North's gone, Francis has gone, you know, the squad is stretched. I don't know whether they might try and bring someone over last minute now because obviously they're a little bit, they're going to be short on the tight end. Well, that means there's Wynne Jones covered tight end if Francis isn't available. Yeah. So, yeah, they're being stretched, and, and I don't think New Zealand have too many injury issues, really. I mean, um, so it's going to be really hard, and they're, they're going to be on the rebound and wanting to play. And yeah, yeah, I but think we, we 
think we right. talked about Owen Lane potentially getting a run out in this game well, last know, week. Play George him. North's looking like he's not going to run that off no, in, in a I, week, is he? I, so I definitely start with Owen Lane on the right wing. I, I thought Owen Walking might will start as well. Give one of the two centres who've been struggling. Yeah, out. Jonathan yeah. just did well. Didn't no, he? Parks maybe. Parks maybe would step down. I think Walking. But you know, was it New Zealand when they've been in a third place playoff in the past? They haven't performed that well. You know, they struggled to beat Scotland, the old Cardiff fans back uh, national ground, and I think South Africa could beat them in, this, in the same ground. Yes. So they haven't been in a match. No. So, to, you know, third third or fourth it means nothing really to them because they were, you know, they, they used to win in the tournament. Uh, so, in theory, it should mean a lot more to Wales because finishing third in the World Cup is a huge achievement for a small uh, country like Wales. But, however, but. however, but it's a Steve Hansen factor. Yep. It's not only Gatlin's last game, it's Hansen's last match for New Zealand. So, uh, I imagine they will make changes. That's what they've traditionally done for this type of game in the past. And those players, I would imagine, will be right up to give Hansen a winning send-off. But to me, if Wales could end that losing run to New Zealand, stretching back to 1953, that would be a fantastic uh, achievement to finish Captain's reign and this brave bit to win a World Cup. Yeah, I'd agree with that. There we go. Um, got a question here, which throws it forward a little bit further. Obviously, we say that Gatland's leaving. Wayne Pivak's taken over. He's already employed by the union as we speak. Um, Jeff Jones says Wales played well in patches again today. A few wrong decisions, but games are won and lost when the pressure's on. I wonder how many of this current squad will be in Wayne Pivak's plans for the Six Nations. And I don't see any. I mean, I'm looking at it. You, you've had people retiring after World Cups before. Remember Martin Williams did it after 2007, and there was lured back by Warren Gatland. Uh, I think Shane Williams, if memory serves me right, pretty much retired after the uh, 2011 yeah, World yeah. Cup. So, you know, you do have this. I'm looking at that squad now. I can't really see anybody announcing international retirement. So I think everyone who's out there will be, who's fit will be available to Wayne Pivak. I mean, everyone's intrigued to see whether he and Stephen Jones have somebody outside the squad they might be thinking of. You know, you know people are t- talk about people like Thomas Young and there's people coming through the circuit. He's too old. So he's not going to get a look in, is he? He's late 20s. He's not going to get a look in. Hadley Parks was 29 when he got yeah. called but up. when you look at Wales' back row resources and people like Tane Basham and Ollie Griffiths coming yeah. through, they're well, going to be looking at younger you people. You mentioned another one, Ollie Griffiths. I watched Dragons yesterday and it's a very different level. He was excellent there. Tane Basham was as well. you got the likes of Jared Evans. Sam Davis is having a resurgence with the Dragons. So Johnny McNichol. Johnny McNichol. Well, of course, Johnny McNichol and Willis at Hollow Hollow. You know, yeah. If they're looking yeah. for something yeah. in, new in the back line. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff has preempted a piece I intend to write. When he, <laughs> hey, don't beat me to it. Wayne Pivot's team for Six Nations. Uh, I, I'm going to tip now that Johnny McNichol will be Wales fullback during the Six Nations because he brings so much to a team uh, as in organi- running an attack, organising an attack and making, again, the best out of uh, uh, people around him. Well, we'll make so there's sh- one for you. We'll make sure to get uh, Jeff's byline on that. You can come in and write it if you want. Um, oh, please, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, talking about the New Zealand game, going back to the team, uh, Melanie Cutts says... Hopefully, the squad left on, that was left on the pitch, so the, the, the replacements, they will be the starting lineup. Obviously, we saw Patchell came on, uh, Dylan Lewis, Carey, uh, Watkin, obviously Lane. Would, would you would you go with that, Thomas Williams? Would you would you go with and you could such wholesale and changes? You, you could certainly see Carey and Dylan Lewis starting. Maybe a little deal. It's difficult, isn't it? But then you're almost ending up going towards towards the kind of side that played against Uruguay, and yep. you, you play in the All Blacks. So does he just say, right, everyone who's fit and standing, I pick my strongest available team, or does he look to reward some squad players who haven't had you, much time? Hey, you pick your strongest available team. You want to pick up the bronze medal? Come on! I wasn't making a comment. You know. <laughs> 
It's a medalist state, yeah. As I said, you know, if Wales can finish the World Cup, it'd be fantastic for a small country. We're not a major rugby country. Okay, we'll just... Uh, As in regards player numbers, uh-huh. number of clubs, teams, etc. I think the, the South Wales derby has kicked off in Swansea. <laughs> I think it's, it's more feisty here, isn't it? Um, okay, we'll just run through a final few uh, comments before we uh, call it a day. So David Ali says third place, not interested in that. It's winning the cup that counts. Too many half-fit players playing today and missing... Uh, can't play defensive rugby all the time when you've got fantastic backs. That's an interesting point because, you know, the centres were pretty much held together by super glue and sticky tape, weren't they? Yes. Hadley Parks has played the most minutes in this tournament outside yeah. of a Japanese player, and yet he's well, the more the most he, injuries. He's played, he's played the most now because obviously the Japanese weren't involved in this, in this uh, last four. Um, that's tournament rugby, though, isn't it? And it's almost like sods laws, and the one position we went into the World Cup a bit shy on numbers, the centre, is the one they've had the most injuries. Sometimes it just works like that. I mean, you know, fair play. The physios got Jonathan Davis through this today, and um, he was looking like Robocop with that leg. It looked like he was actually wearing a knee brace. You know, the kind of way after they had gone away to hospital, but he got through it. And you know, good hands for the try. So they've done well, but you know, you wonder what state they must. Those two boys must be in now. Um, right, I thought you were going to chip in then, but you were, you were nice and quiet. <laughs> yeah, because it's a miracle. Because they both want to play against the All Blacks. Okay, um, we'll move on to the next comment. This is a stunning, stunning day, isn't it? Um, Jackie Phillips uh, says that Wales need to change the way they play. Too much kicking, too predictable. You must have something to say on that, please. Well, they were under so much pressure, so they had a kick today, didn't they? So, you know, if you've got time and space on a ball, you move the ball now. But when you come to these big uh, uh, big matches and you and you, and you limited time and space, then uh, very often you haven't got a choice but to kick the ball away. There we go. Uh, Alan John Moses says we were unlucky today, being a bit off par, some injuries, a bit cagey, got into an arm wrestle. That phrase again, I think no, we said did, that a lot. Did, yeah. yeah, but that suited Wales. Though. Wales love an arm wrestle. And that's why they. That's probably why they wanted out of this. Uh, um, out of this match. But you know what? Look, if you look at the template of the game as a whole, with ten minutes to go, you're taking that. We were under the cosh a lot in that first half. Yeah. And to be within five minutes of the restart, they got it back to nine all. Obviously, then had the blow of conceding the try, but you know, responded really bravely with the try of their own. So, with 15 minutes to go, 16 all, I think everyone out there would have taken that. With Wales on the attack, it was almost the classic Welsh win of the last 18 months. You yeah. stay in the fight, stay in the fight. Last 10 minutes, with an opportunity, take it, win. It, it, it was just the final sentence in that final chapter just you, wasn't there you could see the Welsh players believed that because how they lifted their game narrow after margin. that try narrow and you margins. say about that yeah that narrow margin the, the moment in the moment was that drop goal attempt you know it should have come earlier in the movement where they needed the sticks and it might have edged Wales ahead like Wales France don't know what eight ha- years ago you don't know what would happen then yeah. drop goal we were crying out for one then sometimes you seize the moment Patchell went for it it was a long range one tricky one you should have gone for it earlier from the era Unfortunately, it's easy watching for me. Which was the same against France, wasn't it? All those years ago, we just said that. I'll be dealing with these conversations all week. Um, <laughs> so but, that's yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, Wales weren't unlucky today. South Africa was slightly better than us. Okay, um, I think that's it for today. One final comment: Mike White says, "Let's beat the All Blacks and get that monkey off our back." And I think that's Not the said. perfect way to yeah, finish this. Uh, it was close for Wales, but it wasn't quite enough. But there's one more match still to come and we'll be with that all the way through the week.